Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this edition of Keep Watch Pass on the It's Not That Bad podcast channel, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Last week on Keep Watch Pass, we talked about Neil Patrick Harris, who, of course, appeared in uh, episode three or or special three of the Doctor Who specials on Disney+. Plus. We're going to keep in our Doctor Who realm here because we're talking about one Miss Amy Pond, Karen Gillan. And here to join us is an even hotter redhead, my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing? Oh, wow. Now I know you're lying. Oh, oy. There is no way I'm hotter than Karen Gillan, and I will fully admit and own up to that. <laughs> okay. She's adorable. Oh, she is. You can't possibly, possibly think that I, yeah, no, no, I know you're lying. I, I got my husband eyes on me. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you, this, is this you getting back at me for the squee for NPH? Well, see, I can't really squee during the intro of a, of a, of a show. Oh, it'd I did. Be like, you know, <laughs> maybe when we get to the Rachel Lee Cook episode, then then that can oh, happen. Fair. Then that can happen, okay? Fair point. But we are about to talk about movies starring Karen Gillan. And I specify movies here because we are not touching any of her TV shows. That includes all of her work on Doctor Who. It also includes her show Selfie, which we're not going to be touching at all. So it is strictly movies that have Karen Gillan in them. And we're going to pick three of them. A keep, a watch, and a pass. The keep is the one that we hold in absolute high regard. The watch is the one we're like, hey, you know what? It's on. Cool. And the pass is the ginger of the bunch. Sorry, I had to. I had to. And it's the one that we would actually skip on. Or if we like all of her films, it's the one that we have to pick because them be the rules of the game. But we're going to start with our keep film. So, Carrie, I'm going to look over to you and say, what is your keep film starring Karen Gillan? And I'm going to put the question back to you and be like, as if you have to ask, knowing me as well as you do, and knowing that we have spoken about this movie on It's Not That Bad, um, I've got to go with the bubble. (laughs) I freaking loved that movie. It was so... You know what? It, it 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 will forever be etched into I don't know our 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 living memories mm-hmm. of the times of COVID and the 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 times of lockdown and you know what this movie is again it's a staple it's hilarious and it is such like again it, it's like a living memory of of just how incredibly ridiculous and and odd and just like out there incredibly out there times that we just live the you know the the, the saying about may you live in interesting times yeah bless it you know uh (laughs) was that a proverb and a curse kind of thing at the same time but this movie just capsulizes that entire event in our 
recent history? Yeah, I mean, there are some productions that are going to be, for lack of a better term, time capsule worthy. You know, uh, again, we, we talk about staged as... We talk about staged like they're paying us. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> it's true. Oh, you my know? God. Which, Georgia Tennant, please send us some money for talking about staged again. You're welcome. But the thing is, there are certain productions that came out over the last three to four years that really should be time-capsuled because, you know, like a decade from now, people are going to be talking about this time of film and television and questioning some of the things that came out. Like, a show like Staged, you know, very much showcases the... The, the need for people to connect, even if it's over Zoom, and how frustrating that was during all that time. Here, like, this is a perfect example of a, of a film that tried to be made during the pandemic and all the insanity that probably ensued during all that time. And that's not to take lightly, like, the efforts and the work that went into actually making films and TV shows during the pandemic. Like... I remember when season one of Loki came out, and then, of course, they put out the Marvel Studios assembled for season one of Loki. And it's like, when you see, like, the amount of testing that had to go on on set and the amount of masks and, you know, really, they were putting together shows in the most uncertain of times when some people were probably maybe afraid to go to work and be around people, you know, not knowing what, you know, if you're going to come home sick or whatever the case may be, you know, the, the idea of, you know, sporting events where the teams are bubbled in their hotels, you know, like the better, you know, stealing the term from the movie itself, but it is, it's a time capsule film. And I, I'm going to be curious if in 10 years from now, people who were young during the pandemic discover this film I wonder if they'll get it or they'll be like, I, I, why Why are they all holed up in this hotel? Like, why, why, is every, why are they sticking sticks up their nose? That seems very odd. I think 10 years might be a little bit too soon, but it would be interesting to see, like, maybe like the next generation. Yeah. So, like our grandchildren's generation, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like the 25 to 30 year mark, like- Our grandkids are going to go back to the podcast going, what the hell are they talking about with this film? (laughs) Right? What was the pandemic? What was COVID? Oh God, the the fighting dinosaurs (laughs) and all of the green screen work. Okay, you know what? This movie is brilliantly funny. Um, There's just so- so many wonderful scenes, like even the COVID testing scene. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bola. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, if, if you have not seen The Bubble on Netflix, like, I know that there's a um, there's a stigma about films that are direct-to-streaming or, you know, Netflix productions, unless it's a, a it's an IP that, that people get, like a show like The Sandman or uh, over on Prime Video, you got The Boys, you know, like, those kind of properties are going to be well-treated and well-regarded. But this was a simple comedy film that ended up on Netflix and produced by Netflix. And it's freaking hilarious. But there might be that stigma because it is, quote-unquote, straight to streaming. So I get it. But it was also the time. There really wasn't... Everything was straight to streaming back then. Exactly. There wasn't an option of theatrical release. Like, sorry, Black Widow, that's why it was deferred so many times like 
you know, release dates were like pushed back, what, every six months? Yeah, no, it was it was a really, really weird time for movie going audiences. And there are going to be, you know, asterisk marks throughout statistics and box office and awards for like a good solid three years because you have to recognize that theaters weren't open movie production was in a really weird state and there wasn't really much you could do right you did what you could the bubble did that showcased it well and was hilarious my keep film it's funny you mentioned black widow my keep film is the same keep film I picked when we did movies starring Scarlett Johansson, and that's Avengers Infinity War. And I tried to, I was sitting there taking a look at, at you know, Karen Gillan's role as Nebula and saying, okay, maybe Guardians, maybe Guardians Volume 2, Guardians Volume 3, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special maybe. I really wanted to pick the holiday special. I didn't. <laughs> but, you know, and... Endgame had a bit more of Nebula in it, but Avengers Affinity War, and, I, and I'm going to probably say this until something better comes along, but it's going to be really hard to beat that, probably is going to go down as the greatest superhero movie of all time. And one where the bad guy wins at the end. Like, you never get that. Like, Infinity War set a bar so high that everything that comes after is going to pale in comparison. That's how good Infinity War is. So, anyone complaining about the state of superhero movies today, look what it's got to compete against. Yeah, it was very much the mic drop. Yeah. And, you know, you could have heard a pin drop in the theater yeah. you know, at the end of that film. Like, Thanos sits down and smiles and, like, a very, very, very quiet credits. And it's like, the f*** just happened. Mm-hmm. They killed half the Avengers. They brought them back. But still, like, that film was beautiful and shocking and large and epic and Karen Gillan, and this is when Nebula had really had her character developed as well. Like in the first Guardians film, she was more like a, just a foil for for Gamora. In the second one, yes, you have a, a more development of Nebula, and like a, a almost like an uneasy truce between her and Gamora. By this time, now it's like you know Nebula's got her 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 guns out for Thanos and you know her and Gamora are on easier terms like Nebula has had one of the more maybe second to Scarlet Witch one of the best character arcs through the entire MCU and how Nebula has developed through all that time now we get to my watch film and this is a really really interesting film and I'm going to go with Duel so let me explain the premise of Duel here. So in the movie, Karen Gillan um, goes to a doctor and she's given a terminal diagnosis. Uh, and this is at a, a time when you can be cloned and the clone you know, learns how to mimic your thoughts and actions and all that kind of stuff. So your family does not have to go on without you. Cue like nine months later, 12 months later, and the, the, the real one still hasn't died. Only to be, to be told that, oh, I guess the diagnosis was wrong. You're not dying. You're okay now. But now there's two Karen Gillans out there. And the company that does this has this thing where if this ever happens and someone doesn't die and there's already a clone made, they basically 
you know, it's almost like a like an old school like duel, like you know, ten paces at dawn kind of thing, and whoever survives gets to go on and live the life of the original person, whether it's the original or the clone, the duplicate. So she had to fight herself to death? She had to fight herself to the death. It's fascinating film. Absolutely fascinating. Okay, so for you, what's your watch film? Welcome to Jumanji. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the jungle. Um, If anything, the dance battle scene, like, that's it. Like, oh my God. It was brilliant and it was it was so in her wheelhouse right like she just looked like she was having so much fun mm-hmm. filming that um it, it, yeah there it is okay who had the better dance battle Karen Gillan in Jumanji or Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 ooh I mean, you know, Star-Lord did kind of save the universe. Well, Karen Gillan, um, in her role, uh, absolutely kicked ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was such a funny scene. Like, there would be, like, this choreographed dance, and then, boom, she would, like, kill off a player. Like, it was just, it was so good. It was so good. But, I mean, even the whole movie, right? Like, Jack Black and The Rock... I mean, come on. I'm so glad you didn't say Kevin Hart. <laughs> like, I, you I, know, I, I'm a big fan. I, I, I can tell. I can absolutely tell. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing, like when it came to the watch film, like there, there are a number of films that are there where it's like, okay, this, this would be really good. And this would be really good kind of thing. And there's somewhere I was like, I wish I had seen this film. You know, I had considered the circle as my watch film. Really? Yeah. I, I know you weren't the biggest fan of it. I didn't hate it though. I loved her, her role. 
Yeah. The thing and is, Emma Watson. I, I will say it's a good thing they treated the circle like they did, because if they treated the circle like the actual book that it's based on, uh, it would not have ended well for Karen Gillan at all. Just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, so what is your past if your past film is the circle, I'm gonna laugh. No, it's not actually. Um so you had mentioned Karen Gillan's role as Nebula. Mm-hmm. And I hate to do it, but of all of the Avengers movies, of all of the Marvel movies, I I just couldn't get behind Thor Love and Thunder. Even though, and I will say, and I will stand to this, that I love the humor that Marvel adds to their movies, Mm. right? This one just seemed too over the top. It was, the entire movie was like, almost like a farce of, I don't know, uh, of of the Thor character. Yeah. And it it just, I, I don't feel like this particular movie fits in with the Avengers, like, and, and just the everything that... Like, you know what I mean? When you watch, like, the Avengers movies, Thor is always kind of like the, I don't know, the, the anomaly. He's he's the god of thunder. But god of thunder. This this movie was just like, again, it was, it was almost like um, all of um, Jeff Goldblum's uh, role, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like that... In a small part, was funny, but to do an entire movie, kind of in that, I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? It was kind of like it was too much. Yeah, and so I'm gonna pass. Like, and that's the thing. Like when Taika Waititi took over the Thor movies for Ragnarok, and Ragnarok was so out there, right? But it was still a cohesive story, right? It was still. You had a lot going on, but the and the humor was definitely there. Humor was like spot on, but Thor: Love and Thunder it went a little far as far as the humor went. Like everything was humor. It was almost like it was trying too hard to be too funny. Yeah, and it just got kind of annoying after a while. And I get you know the the thing was they got lauded, lauded, really. For Ragnarok and how it brought the fun back to the superhero film and you know was this big colorful epic like it felt like a Thor film because when you really think about the comic books you know Captain America is very much more a more grounded type of hero Iron Man is a much more sci-fi type of hero and Thor is this big epic fantastical world and Ragnarok really brought that color to it. You know, plus you've also got the Hulk in there too. So that's always good. Um, but yeah, you can't, I will say, I will say that the black and white fight scene on the moon against uh, Gore, the God Butcher, visually stunning as hell. Absolutely. But there, there's a lot in that movie that could have been changed and toned down as far as the humor went. Like, I, I did not need to see Russell Crowe as Zeus prancing around in his little skirt. And and you know what? And that's the exact scene that was standing out for me. I'm like, was the whole Zeus thing 
really necessary to the storyline. Like, I mean, it I, was just so ridiculous. I get that you need to introduce Zeus if you're going to introduce Hercules, because Hercules in the comic books at one point was an Avenger. So if you're going to bring him into the Avengers fold, you need to introduce Hercules somehow. But did you have to make Zeus like that? It's a, a, a touch much. I personally thought that Natalie Portman did a killer job as, you know, uh, you know, Jane as, as Thor, you know, not Thor S, you know, or Jane Thorster, you know, it's, you know, she, she did a damn good job, you know, buffed up, did perfectly. There was just too much of that film that needed to be changed, I think, or at least, you know, focus on story instead of humor and was it was it just me i just found that even um chris hemsworth's the tonality of his voice was changing throughout the movie and that bothered me too i mean because it was like at first he's like god right and and has that very um articulating voice um i i, I do appreciate changes. i do appreciate that at this point in thor's journey you know he has witnessed the end of asgard he has watched his brother be crushed his, his throat crushed by thanos you know he has watched so much trauma through everything for you know for the infinity saga and now he's wandering around the galaxy with the guardians you know trying to ignore the trauma and then he sees jane and and he's like oh hey it's jane and you know she doesn't need him anymore like there's so much trauma in thor so i get it but it almost felt like it was making fun of the trauma but it's almost like non-consistent to the character itself yeah it's it wasn't the Thor film that Thor needed. And infliction was the word I was looking for. Yeah. His his, his, his inflection. Yes. All right. So now we get to my past film. And I feel bad for picking this film, but, but I'm going to pick it anyways because it, it just didn't connect with me. And that's the party's just beginning. And I, I say I feel bad because this was also written and directed by Karen Gillan. So, it's her directorial debut. It's not a happy film at all, you know, and you know, the, we're, we're, you're talking about someone who um is dealing with the trauma of her brother's suicide and she's on this endless like drinking and trying to ignore her own pain kind of film. Like it's a downer. It's a freaking downer. Although uh, side note, she actually filmed some of the scenes for The Circle while she was doing this film because, you know, she needed to do some pickups and it was this was the phone call that Emma Watson's character had with her. She was actually filming this film in Scotland while that was happening. But the thing is, she was nominated for uh, Best Debut Screenwriter at the British Independent Film Awards. Uh, it was nominated for the Audience Award at the Glasgow Film Festival and she was nominated for the Archie Award for Best First Feature at the Philadelphia Film Festival all in 2018, as well as the film was nominated for Best Feature Film at the BAFTA Awards Scotland. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I'm just saying 
it, it was a bit of a downer for me while I was watching it, and it's meant to be a downer. I get it. So it was. It worked. It, it did its job. It did its job almost too well, and I, I just I found it a hard watch, and that's pretty much it. That you can you can watch a really really good film about some really you know down topics and find it hard to watch and you just don't ever want to watch it again because it's such a downer like if i want to be depressed i'm gonna go listen to a tool album okay like seriously don't need to watch a film like that but that is my pick and it's only because i found it a little hard to watch and i don't think i'd go back and rewatch it all right gary thank you so much for this now before we go please remind our listeners what your keep watch and pass movies were for movies starring karen gillen I am keeping and probably watching every year the bubble, um, at least for the next 25 years until the next generation is like, why do you keep watching this movie? And what is it about? Really? Everyone's stuck <laughs> in a hotel making a movie. Um, and I am watching Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Jumanji. <laughs> um and I'm passing on Thor's Love and Thunder. All right. And I am keeping Avengers Infinity War. I am watching Duel. And I'm passing on the parties just beginning. Gary, thank you so much. And to you, our listeners, thank you. Now, you guys know the drill. If there is a topic out there that you want us to cover for this show, hit us up on social media at NotThatBadcast or go to our website at NotThatBadcast.com. And while you're there, make sure you check out our Coming Soon page so you can put your comments on all the episodes that we are planning on recording soon and check out all the other shows while you're there until next time she's carrie i'm jay you guys are awesome this is keep watch pass on the it's not that bad podcast channel a proud member of the pantheon podcast network take care It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.